Mark, is this on? Yeah? Okay. We're going to give this a try today. We had some wiring problems last, last week. You know, for you Dodger fans, <laughs> let's just get in a football right now, okay? <laughs> now I'd like to invite you to take your connection card. There's one in front of you in your pews. And if this is your first time, these are cards that we just have that you can give us some information. We'd love to connect with you. But also on the back side, there's opportunity for you to share anything you'd like to share or any way we can be of help to you. So after you give us whatever information you like, just leave it on your pew and we'll pick it up later on. As you do that, I'm going to talk to you about some things and some announcements um, that are on your, on your bulletin already. One, we, we, we have our our food and fellowship as normal after service today. And today is men's day. So the guys, the guys did all the preparation. So uh, stick around. Also, you'll see on the bulletin, we have uh, uh, now Kawasaki's baby shower. We have some other things coming up, single adult dinner tonight, shoebox collection. But the big thing I wanted to talk to you about is this jar. We're going to put this jar out for the month of November. It will strictly be for the month of November. And this is for any volunteer giving you'd like to give. This is for the, the, those who suffered loss in Santa Rosa, the Santa Rosa fire. You know, when you think about it, there have been so many things happening just recently. I mean, and um, you think of, of, of Las Vegas a while back. You think of New York this past Tuesday. There's so many things, and the fires that we've had. Uh, the, the hurricanes that were that, that hit before, but we connected with the church up in Northern California. Uh, this, what we're going to do, just let you know, we're going to collect any free will offerings. This will be in the back in the foyer by our pretzel kiosk in the back there as you leave. And if you want to put something in, feel free to. If not, that's fine too. But know that when, as we collect this at the end of November, we're going to total it all up and we're going to write a check to the Rose. Uh, the, the Redwood Covenant Church. They're a large church up in the Santa Rosa area that was spared by the fire. And they have a ministry going on to helping all the, that surrounding area. Uh, they told us, uh, hey, we don't need any items like food, clothing, and things, but if you'd like to send a monetary gift, they, use the, uh, they just use it and give that as needs are. And you can imagine, just to refresh your memory, that was such a devastating fire. Almost 6,000 structures were destroyed, buildings and houses. Um, almost 50 people died. And there's still people missing today. 100,000 people were displaced because of that fire. So uh, there are a lot of people that have to put their lives back together. And so this church up there in Santa Rosa is a major player in helping these people do that. So. If you'd like to give, we'll have this out every, every uh, Sunday this month of November. And then at the end of the month, we'll add it all up, cut a check, and we'll send it up there to that church in Santa Rosa. And, you know, if a lot of people, we, we're just a, a little contributor in this, but uh, may the Lord bless it and use it for, the, for his work up there in Santa Rosa. Okay? So this will be out there in the foyer later on. Okay, if you have your Bible, I invite you to open up to Ephesians chapter 1. We're entering a new series 
For the rest of this month, uh, Pastor Corey and I are going to be preaching on the prayers of Paul. Uh, I made a mistake in our bulletin that says the prayers for Paul. They're not prayers for Paul. We're going to look at the prayers of Paul, of how Paul prayed for those around him, how Paul prayed for the ministry and what was going on uh, in God's work. So uh, that's what we're going to focus on for the month of November. I don't know what you guys think, but I love November. I think November is one of the best months of the year. I think the reason why, it has a foundation of a spirit of thanksgiving. And I think being thankful is a really important part of the Christian life, but it also is a very healthy part of us as human beings, to be able to be thankful for for what we have, for what hasn't been happening for God in our lives. Just different things. Plus, it's at the peak of football season. Okay. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1. I'm just going to read a few verses just to kind of whet our appetite. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. This is Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Let's pray. Father, as we look at Paul's prayers, we can't help but just understand better this man of God, this man who just sold out for you. He lived his life for you. His life was just, just zeroed in on your will for him and, and, and giving glory to you. So, Father, may we learn from his prayers. May we understand uh, truths from his prayers about you, about us, about the world we live in. So bless this time, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, what motivates you to pray? You know, like I mentioned, there's a lot of things that have been popping in. You know, I just thought about just one little day. Think about thanks, uh, not thanks, but uh, Halloween. Think about Halloween. Don't think about you, Darvish. Just think about Halloween in general. And, 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 you know, the things that went on over New York and the, and the things that just are just turning people's lives upside down. Uh, when I think about Santa Rosa, I just think about how there's people out there who some of them are so confused on what in the world should I do with my life right now. Some people are just not in the, uh, the state to be able to start over again. There must be so much confusion going on, and that's just a little tiny part of the world. You know, when we think of prayer, a lot of times prayer, we are motivated, motivated to prayer because we feel out of control. We feel like this, we're in this situation that, that we need something beyond ourselves. Well, when we look at Paul the Apostle, and we really examine the prayers through, through his epistles, his letters that we read in the New Testament, we notice that almost all his prayers were prayers that had to do with the work of the Lord, but also for those who worked in the work of the Lord. So for God's will being done and for those who are doing God's will in this world, 
It's pretty neat. It's pretty focused. This guy had some head. His heart was there. And I say that because when we pray, we reveal our hearts. Think about it when you pray. When you pray, your heart is being exposed. The things you pray about, the intensity of your prayers, uh, the timing of their prayers, your heart is being exposed at that time. See, Jesus always had a very focused life. But I believe when we think about Jesus' short, short time of ministry of roughly three years, that his focus was, was really at that end result, which is up, up above us here, the cross. He knew the cross was coming, and he knew all these things he had, a, he had to be in God's will and timing to do. Paul, when you look at Paul's focus, what was his focus? His focus, in a lot of ways, when you think about it through the ages, was on us, the church. Paul was just zeroed in on the, 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 the church, the, 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 the moving forward of the church, the health of the church, the protection of the church, for the church to move on. And that here we are in West Covina, part of the church. We are part of the body of Christ here. And, and God used this man to get the church moving forward. When you think of our, our study we just finished, you know, Paul was definitely a follower, right? He was definitely a follower. He wasn't just a fan out there. And so when we look at Paul, a lot of times Paul, we look at as our example. He's like our example of what it really means to love the Lord and be sold out for Jesus. So, know that our prayers that we're going to be getting into reveal more of that and reveal a lot of the truth that Paul just embraced and based his life upon. So let's get into this. Our message is kind of short today. We got, we got the Lord's Supper today, so we'll just get right into this text. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1, and I want to read for you the continuing verses, verse 15 and 16. And know that when we read this, it reveals that Paul rejoiced in prayer for the new life in Christ. He's writing to this church. Now, you've got to realize that this is a church that Paul pastored for three years. So he knew that church. He knew the, 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 the city of Ephesus. He knew the things that they were dealing with and wrestling with. He knew the pitfalls and the temptations. He knew all that kind of stuff. And, and, and so he knew this congregation well. He stayed in this church for three years, which is the longest he pastored a church and all his, his pastoring um, done. So here's Paul writing this letter, and let's continue on in verse 15 and 16. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. See, Paul not only prayed for those who are yet to know the Lord, because Paul had a really extreme evangelistic heart. He wanted everyone to come to faith in Jesus Christ. But in his prayers and in his letters, you continually see Paul's concern for the health of the churches that were existing at that time. And he starts off in these verses. In verse 15, he says the words, For this reason. What's he referring to? Well, in the, in the prior verses in, ver, in chapter 1, Paul reminds the believers in Ephesus of the incredible blessings they have already received because of the faith that they have placed in Jesus Christ as their Savior and as their Lord. You know, and we need that. 
There's so many things. Think about all many things you take for granted. There are so many things in Christianity that we take for granted. And Paul basically, what he is doing is he reminding them and saying, Hey, man, you in Christ, do you realize, do you remember, remember what Christ has done for you? And he just goes on in all these verses in chapter 1. And he just brings these things up and says, This has happened to you. This has happened to you. This has happened to you. And he's saying, hey, oh, man, I'm so happy for you that you have this faith in Christ because of these things. For example, in verse 3, we're not going to read the verses, but you go back and you, you mark this at home. Go home and read chapter 1 of, of Ephesians and, and get that just that excitement and that joy that Paul had for these believers. Verse 3, he's talking about we have received every spiritual blessing in Christ. Just to read your portion, he says in verse 3, who have blessed us with heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. What does that mean? That means, spiritually speaking, we are fully equipped. I've never bought a car fully equipped. But you know, when you get a car that is fully equipped, I know that these days, you'll sit in that car and you'll go, what is that? What does this do? And you won't know, right? You don't know, and you're kind of goofing around with it, right? There's so much computerized stuff. Well, what Paul is saying is that, that God has fully equipped us. There's nothing he's holding back. We've got it all. But, God, but Paul also knows that this is a process. And so as we move forward, we understand how we are equipped. Just like as you drive that car, you're going to understand what this does and what that does and what it can do. All those things. That's funny. I'll tell you a funny story. Andrew, who's our church administrator, he was saying, he's so used to having a backup picture in his car when he backs up that when he drove his, uh, his other family car that doesn't have the backup picture, he found himself staring at the radio. <laughs> that was so, that's crazy. Anyway, all right. Look at verse 4. 4 through 7 says that we are chosen. 4 through 7 of this chapter 1 says we are chosen. Isn't that interesting? That God chose you. Now think of who you are. Would you, chose, would you choose you? God chose you. We are predestined. We were chosen before the, the creation of the earth to be his. Man, that makes you pretty special. And that's what Paul is trying to communicate, that you're special that you each believe in a special way. God has chosen you to be his before you were even born. That's amazing. 8311, it says that we are set on a course to receive spiritual wisdom and knowledge to understand the mysteries of God's will for the world, but also to be, be able to live out God's will for our individual lives. So Paul is saying that we are in this course to, to, be re, to receive this wisdom and knowledge about God in the world, but also in our daily living. That's exciting. That's, that's amazing. And that's part of the Christian walk. That's part of understanding the Bible. That's part of us growing in Christ. Then in, in verse 12 to 14, he says, all this and more, 
through the prompting of the faith of, of God and our will. Take, for example, what he's saying this. You've got it all. Why do you got it all? Because God chose you, and because he chose you, he's, he's, he's giving you faith to be able to believe all this stuff. Because this stuff is pretty amazing. He's giving you faith to believe it, and then he's going he's gonna to keep working on you, and hopefully your will, through your free will, you're going to put together that, that predestination of, of God and that free will to choose, and it's going to come together, and you're going to say, yeah, I believe. Paul says, that's how you got to where you're at. And that's exciting. That's neat. That, that, that has a real tone of that we are very exclusively his. He talks about true saving faith. And one of the neat things about true saving faith is that it causes joy. Because we read in verses 15 and 16, and what did Paul, just to read those over again, these are the verses I read in the very beginning. Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, in the beginning of the sermon here. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for one another, known for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. What is Paul saying? He's saying that he received the joy because he's heard about the Ephesians living their lives in faith in Jesus Christ. In other words, that's a changed life, right? When you live by faith, your life has changed. You're not living the way you used to live before Christ. But he also says, I have a joy about you, not only because you're living in faith, but also because I heard about you loving one another. That is a key, let's say, evidence of the Christian life. True saving faith causes us to see each other as family. There's a amount of there's a, some infection there. There's there's some brotherhood there. There's some sisterhood linking us together because we have this common faith in Jesus Christ. And I believe that's true. I think no matter in the world wherever you go, if you enter a healthy church, you are going to be received warmly. I've been in churches in China. I've been in churches all through Brazil. I've been in churches on the East Coast here in the United States, and. And to go into a, a healthy church that understands the, the, the heart of Christ and understands this common bond we have, man, it is like I know these people. It's like I know them. I remember I, I took a trip out in the Amazon rivers to some of the most remotest jungle areas. And I'd go there and these people would treat me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not only a foreigner, but man, I'm... I'm Japanese. What are you doing out here, man? I believe the same saver as you. And it's amazing. Just the walls. There are no walls. Man, we're, just, we're just family. It's, it's great. So Paul prays with gratitude. Paul prays with joy because of their new life in Christ. And what does this mean for God? And understand this, never forget that Paul was happy for these churches because the foundation of his joy was he knew that they were bringing glory to God. 
Let's go on. Paul prayed for the continued growth in his spirit. We look at verse 17 here. Verse 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Boy, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? What we've been preaching over the last months, it's all about knowing him better. See, Paul knew better than anyone in the Christian life that the Christian life is a process. You can read other, other letters from him, and he always talks about this whole sense of growth, of the need to get better, the need to know more, the need to go from, 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 from a milk drinker to a meat eater. All these different ways he'd put it. The, need, the Christian life is a process of spiritual growth. And that the nuclear of this process is knowing God better. Through wisdom and revelation. What in the world does that mean? It's, it's wisdom and revelation from whom? From the Holy Spirit who resides in each believer. Let me test you guys. Do not look. Guys, look up at the ceiling. Look at your shoes or something. Okay, let me ask you a question. What color is Pastor Corey's shirt? <laughs> all right, look at it. Pastor Corey, stand up. All right, all right, all right, all right. What am I proving there? See, you already saw Pastor Corey. He was already up here. But you didn't notice the color of his shirt distinctly. You saw Pastor Corey up here, but you didn't really kind of connect with the color of his shirt. See, that's what the Holy Spirit does for us. It's called illumination. It's a ministry of illumination. Giving us wisdom and knowledge about God is the work of illumination by the Holy Spirit. In other words, he already, Paul's already said, we are fully equipped. We've got it all, right? But the Holy Spirit, what he does is he, he helps point out things to us as we progress in our spiritual awareness that, yes, you have this. Simple one, forgiveness. How many times do you forget you are forgiven? How many times do you forget that, that, that no matter what you face in this world, Jesus will make you more than a conqueror? See, the Holy Spirit illuminates that what we already have. It's not anything new, but it's something where we just we realize, yes, I have this from God. He, reveal, he, he reveals this. He illustrates our mind and our heart with objective, factual knowledge of, of God. Why? So we can know him better. This is Paul's prayer. He said, Ephesians, I am praying that the Holy Spirit will give you that wisdom and knowledge to illuminate you and your understanding of God so you can know him better. And that comes with as we live for Christ day by day by day. 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart are enlightened. Boom, you're enlightened. You see it. You're not going to forget it. You know, I got a daughter at home, and she likes to make me feel dumb. 
She likes, me, like, likes to make me feel dumb because she'll come home and she'll ask me questions from, about calculus and stuff. Oh, you don't know this, huh? She'll ask me, well, what does this mean? And I don't know it, and she'll make me feel dumb. But then I say, hey, she doesn't even know who Dick Butkus is. <laughs> and who's the dummy, huh? See, this, God wants us to know him in a deeper way. No matter how long you've known him, no matter what you've lived through, he has more for you to learn. The mind of understanding is the mind that deals with the heart and the mind. See, the mind ex accepts the factual. But the heart is the one that understands the wonder of it. See, and that's a key thing about Christianity. And you've got to grab onto this. this if anything you're going to walk away with this morning, this is it. You can hear facts about Christianity. You can know this book, the Bible, cover to cover. But if it's all head, it doesn't mean anything. It's just like you picking up a history book in high school. But when this stuff gets dropped down 18 inches to right here, that's when you start to understand the wonder and love of God. And that's when it's mind-blowing. That's when it's like, wow. See, Paul's already there. And he's saying, Ephesians, know this. It's not just the head. It's the heart. We just sang this morning. What is it? You know, I hope you don't just sing these songs and not think of what we're singing. We're worshiping God, but they have a message. Open the, the eyes of my heart, Lord. Right? Open the eyes of my heart. Hey, that's, what, that's a key thing. That is growing in understanding in your, of your knowledge and love for the Lord. He writes also, I believe, what is that? Is that verse 18? Let me see what verse that is. He writes, that we may know the hope to which he has called us. Well, that's an amazing prayer. Because what he's saying, that, that we will understand this great hope of the redeemed life. In, in a far-reaching look, he's saying, hey, I want you to get a taste of what it's going to be like in heaven. Know that that's down the road. Know that that's waiting for you. Know that this, this world, when you leave this world, know that it isn't just a cliche little thing saying you're going to a better place. It really is. It really is because you're not going to go there in, in your sinfulness or your, your backsliding, your, 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 your shortcomings. You're going there sinless. You're going there painless. You're going there com completely with a new body. You're going there with no regrets. That last one's a big one because we can think back in our life and we all got regrets. But you're going to go there and, and you're going to go there with no regrets. That's a part of the great joy of the redeemed life. And God has that waiting for us. You know, because right now, think about it. List the things in your mind, the things that right now, the things that hinder you, the thing that, things that cause you discomfort and pain, the things that, that really bug you. Don't think of your spouse. <laughs> All those things that bug you and, and just, just really kind of pop up sometimes, even when you're trying to fall asleep. 
that's going to be gone. That redeemed life. Paul saying, I want you to get a taste of that here. That's what he's praying. I want you to get a taste of that here. That redeemed life. He goes on and says, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints. Now, this is heavy. I would never have thought about this. But what Paul is talking about here is that we are God's inheritance. I don't know what you think of when you think of inheritance. Inheritance is something a lot of times that we on this earth, we think of inheritance. Oh, I'm going to inherit my, 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 this, this dog. I'm going to inherit this jewelry. I'm going to inherit this property. I'm going to inherit this bank account. I'm going to inherit all these different things you can possibly inherit. That's our, our human thinking. But God, what Paul is saying here is that we, we are God's inheritance Purchase at this incredible price. In other words, that, that we are the thing that brings joy to God. That he's going to be having us in his presence someday. Makes you feel kind of good. Paul just wants us to understand that God is doing all this. Why? We're with him forever. We're his inheritance that he's looking forward to. It gives God joy. Look at verse 19. Paul says, And his incomparably great power for us who believe. Paul had amazing just insight about God, but also spiritual wisdom from God. Paul wanted every believer to appreciate, to have that heart of gratitude for this incredible power that is unleashed for us. And this is another one of these things that a lot of times we don't think about at all. See, that word power is the word in the Greek dynamis. Dynamis refers to a dynamic life force. Paul is saying, hey, Ephesians, do you know that because you have Jesus in your life, that you have God's incredible dynamic life force on your side? You have power to resist temptation. You have power to, to, to love even those who offend you. You have power to persevere when everyone else is giving up. You have power to believe in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. You have power in belief and faith that God can do miraculous things in your life. You have this dynamis, this power from God. It isn't for the world. It isn't for, for the person that you just meet who doesn't know Christ. It's for all those in Christ. This is exclusive. It's like your Costco membership. It's just for you. Right? It isn't for the world. And why did Paul pray this prayer? Why did he say these things to Ephesians? Why did he pray this in such a way that he wanted them to clearly understand it and to believe it? 
so they would grow, so they would deepen in their faith, so they would know God more personally and intimately. It's all about knowing him. Why? So that they would love the Lord, their God, with all their heart, with all their soul, with all their mind, and all their strength. Let's pray. Father, this is a blessing to be able to go into the, the prayers of Paul. I know it was, it was your Holy Spirit, just the Holy Spirit of God, just leading Pastor Corey to choose this topic for us as we enter this month of Thanksgiving. So, Father, thank you that we're going to be we've jumped into this. We're going to go we're going to go with prayer after prayer after prayer, and may you may you bless us in ways that we will be more a blessing to you. So, thank you, Lord. Uh, may we grab onto something today from, these, from God's word, from your word, and may we speak to our hearts and minds in ways that will change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.